<laughs> you know, it's like, it's so great. It's like, well, they had money, they could pay for it, so they're going to be a client. I'm like, well, how about if they don't fit the perfect mold for your client? You're going to spend 80% of your time on the 20% of your clients that are a pain in the ass. You know, for me, that was a lesson that I learned so many times through the years. Just because somebody has green in their pocket and wants to pay you doesn't necessarily mean that they're a valuable and a good client for you. Welcome, SOS listeners. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, today's show is awesome with Doug Sandler. Now, Doug took his podcast, which was kind of like once a week, turned it into five times a week, and now has millions of downloads all around the world. They've tracked it to 175 countries. So you want to hear from Doug his journey his process, his philosophy of business. But before we get in and meet with Doug, and because Doug has done 900 podcasts, obviously he is going to have the energy on the show that's going to keep you there. Now, one of the things that he talks about is, you know, just the importance of your character, your quality. And some of the new things that are going here on here at CRG is we have our new e-course on the personal style indicator or my book, Why Aren't You More Like Me? You know, check that out online. Go to crgleader.com. Find out about this is over five hours of video plus the different components. You get a personal style indicator assessment with it as well. Uh, if you want to go beyond just that, then, of course, accessing and knowing yourself. You know, one of the things that Doug talks about at the very end of the show is that his research has shown is that playing to your strengths and doing what you're best at and being in the zone, well, that means getting to know yourself. So uh, complete our values preference indicator or our self-worth inventory or our stress indicator and health plan or if you're a leader, the leadership skills. So lots of things that are going on that's happening. We'll have some announcements now, depending on when you're listening to this show because these shows are legacy. So it could be like two years later. But at the time of recording of the show, we're going to be launching new online courses uh, coming in 2019 as well. So we thank you for doing and sharing your most valuable commodity, your time. If you like what we're doing, please share, pass it on, leave a positive comment, and or subscribe on any platform or the platform that you are listening on. And the other ones, if you wish, as well. So we sure appreciate it. Hey, listen, if you if you like what we're doing or if there are other things that you would like us to cover, you know, send us um, an email or uh, respond to the platform as far as sending a message to us. We'd love to be able to hear from our listeners. So here we go with today's episode with Doug Sandler and uh, enjoy. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, I am so excited to have today's guest because he's a podcast expert, built a very, very successful business, and I actually found out about him through another podcast. And so here you are listening to a podcast, found out about our guest through the podcast, and really growing his reach all around the world. He's had people like Gary Vanderchuk on his show, uh, Ian Huffington on his show, so very, very influential. Welcome, Doug Sandler, to the show. Hey, thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me here. I just have one exception to the title of your show. I want to give away all my secrets today. Can I do that? I Well, okay. Well, there, there you go. If it's all of them, then we better get going because <laughs> I think this could be like a 12-hour show then. Wow. You're that wise, right? Everybody, everybody buckle up. It's going to be a long show. <laughs> thanks for well, having Doug, me. Well, Doug, we're going to get into your expertise and really helping people to be successful in life and some of your insights around 
uh, entrepreneurship. You've written a, a bestseller, Amazon bestseller, nice guys, finish first, and we'll get into that in a moment. But before we do it, I like uh, people on SOS to know about our guests and their story and their journey. So where was uh, Doug born and just what was sort of your growing up years like? Oh man, I I, uh, I grew up. It was it, it was a really a, a fun childhood. I grew up in Baltimore, in the street, not on the streets of Baltimore, but in a suburb of Baltimore, really tame out there. But I grew up the son of uh, of a of a pretty well known sales trainer named Dave Sandler, created a system called Sandler Sales, and I've always been in that environment where my uh, my dad was always teaching us valuable lessons, things like, and I think I shared this with you before we hit record. But, uh, but things like when you go to make a sale, you have to act like you don't need the sale. That's the only way right. you're going to actually make the sale. But, you know, independently wealthy and don't need the money. Doug, so, Doug uh, sorry, I'm interrupting you for a reason. Yeah, Wasn't yeah. that the same thing that happened in high school? The guy that was desperate never got the date, but the person mm -hmm. who didn't need the date really is the one who got it? Yeah, you must have had a camera on me. I was always that desperate guy. That's why I never, never got the date. Well, yeah, well you, yeah. you and me both. So there we go. So enjoyed enjoyed my childhood in Baltimore and uh, and uh, spent most of my life there, with the exception of a few years growing up and moving out uh, after I went to University of Maryland, moving out to uh, New Jersey for a few years. Got married, came back to uh, came back to Baltimore a couple of years later. Spent most of my career there in Baltimore and D.C. And then so uh, let's just, just stop for a second. Yeah. what did you take in university? What was sort of the direction? Growing up with the dad who's entrepreneurial, but also by the way, I knew your father through the auto industry and training. So oh, nice. I didn't know that to this moment but uh, very now cool. the links have come together yeah so, uh, yeah. Um, yeah so what did journalism. you take at university i was a uh, i was a, a journalism major major and minored in alfred hitchcock never used any of my uh, journalism degree which was in public relations never really used any of it it was totally old school journalism uh, but didn't there was no there was no school there was no business school at that time for entrepreneurship and i always knew i wanted to own my own business and do my own thing but there was no school of that now there's plenty of schools for entrepreneurship and teaching people mm -hmm. how to own and run and operate their own their own businesses. So journalism was my was my way. Alfred Hitchcock was my minor. I loved film, and um, and then you know that's that's kind of was my a brief part of my history there. So you came back home from university. Then what what was sort of your first sort of major job after university? Selling. <laughs> and what Never were you did. selling? Were you Never selling dad's courses? No. Never went into my dad's business. Uh, actually, um, kind of uh, toyed with the idea several times of going into one of the franchises and, and working with, with them, but never ended up going into my, uh, my dad's business um, directly. Always had a, a, like a, a soft spot in my heart for sales training, customer service training, um, employee training of any kind, but just never, never went into it. Went to work for a uh, a company as a, a regional director selling, uh, believe it or not, resume services. When I think they even did resumes. I think everybody's on LinkedIn now. Don't even don't even have resumes. So, did resumes for a while. Was in the mortgage business for a while. Was in real estate for a, a while. I mean, I the joke is I, I've always had this with my dad. The joke was I had. Um, not 20 years of sales experience. I had one year of sales experience 20 times because I kept starting over again. So thinking. So real estate, were you good. into uh, residential sales of real estate? Is that what you were doing? One-on-one -on -one residential sales, exactly. And so you left that because? Uh, I never really enjoyed doing anything I did. I, I never did. I was always selling uh, and I enjoyed selling, but I never really loved the product that I was connected to, whether it was real estate, mortgages, um, new construction, 
uh, paper forms for a company called Standard Register for a while uh, until I went into the entertainment business as a, believe it or not, again, a mobile DJ in the, in the mid-80s started in the uh, in the mid 90s made it a full-time venture and that's when the entrepreneurship bug really hit me hard because so I could hire you for my wedding so that, was that the deal that you could have hired me for your wedding absolutely and so were you using cassettes or had you moved to CDs by the time you started oh geez uh, when I started I started with believe it or not again records I started with records moved on to cassettes cassettes became CDs CDs became mp3s and uh, next thing you know they're just gonna end up just having them we're gonna do like silent disco where everybody's got a chip impaled in their in, embedded in their brain <laughs> or something I don't know <laughs> well we were just over at my son's place he got a Google home for Christmas, Grandma's there, who is 89. It says, Grandma, what do you like for music? Google, play this, play that. She said, well, yeah. they won't have this one. Play this, boom. <laughs> so, yeah. so I guess, you know, we can just have a favorites list and don't need the DJ anymore, do we? Just need Alexa. Well, I think what it comes down to, and again, it's funny you say that because what it comes down to really is being a DJ has nothing to do with actually knowing music. I mean, you really don't have to know anything about music. You can go any top 20 or top 200 request list and see what the most popular songs are. It's the personality. It's the schedule management. It's the customer service ahead of time. It's the relationship building ahead of time. Uh, most people in the, in the DJ world focus just on that four or five or six hour event. The most important part of an event is the year, year and a half, maybe three months, six months, whatever it is, of preparation that goes into mm. building the relationship with that customer. And that's the case no matter what you are selling. And we'll transition to that a little bit more as we go forward, but I couldn't agree more, Doug. So you mentioned somewhere in there passing that you got married. So where'd you meet your wife? Uh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. And I, I apologize for not fostering that question better. <laughs> uh, first wife well, I met. Well, the sixth one then. Fine. Okay. Okay. And I don't quite, I don't quite have that that level of experience. But uh, my first wife I met in uh, in Philadelphia at a New Year's Eve party, and um, and I was the guy organizing the party. She was a guest of someone else, but she came in and she owed me I think thirty five dollars to get into the party. So she goes. Hey, are you the guy I owe money to? And whenever a woman asks you if they owe, if they owe you money, you always say yes because it's so rare that it will happen that way. <laughs> of course. So uh, married for uh, married for 20 years, had two and have two great kids, uh, Adam and Rachel, 22 and 25 right now, and um, unfortunately got divorced uh, just a few years ago and um, and remarried. Oh, congratulations! Thanks. Thank good you. on you. And by the way, my kids are almost the identical age as yours, 24 and 22. Nice. So, nice. Good, yes. good kids and great ages now. They, they are finally coming back to me for advice. As a matter of fact, when I started uh, recording with you, my son was sending me text messages just showing me his new, his new apartment, and that's very exciting. It is. You know, and a lot of times millennials get thrown under the bus, but I, I think that a lot of it has to do with just staying connected, staying, um, you know, supportive of them and you betcha it's uh, it's great absolutely. to be a dad and absolutely. a father and be supportive of that totally so good. now here you are now you have this different transition tell us when you you were moving into the space that you we talked earlier off air about you getting into speaking and training so where mm -hmm. did that start to happen well I sat down with my financial planner it was March of 2013 and I use this as a part of my keynote so it's really interesting as I talk about this story because it seems like I'm just re re you know repeating my keynote but the actual you know this was actually my story 
So in 2013 in March, I sat down with my financial planner and he said to me, I don't know what it's going to be. You just need to look for whatever that next opportunity is for you. You've spent 30 years as a bar mitzvah MC and I've loved every moment of my career, but I could not see myself at, uh, at 60 or 65 or 70 out there in the middle of the dance floor, still DJing and doing the, M- uh, doing the cha-cha slide or the Cupid shuffle. So I said, hey, this probably is a good chance to look for something else. And I saw this guy. His name is Ryan Estes. And again, I think he's a client of Jane Atkinson's also. I don't know if you know Ryan. Yes, I know of him. I don't know him personally. Oh, no, no. Actually, I know of him as far as where he went and what he grew his business to in such a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. So I saw Ryan speaking uh, at a conference in Chicago, and I was the guy always in the back of the room. And at the end of his speech, I ran up to the front, and I went something something like this. This is at least how it happened in my head. He said to me as I was running up to the front, he said, nobody, and I mean nobody, comes up from the back of the room. I could see you. You were like a beacon of light trying to get up to the front of the room. Nobody comes up to the front of the room excited about my message the way that you came up. So I'm assuming that you're not coming to ask me about my message, but you're actually coming up to talk to me about how to be a professional speaker. (laughs) And I said, yeah. He said, the first thing you need to do is hire a speaking coach. And I said, would you mind if I ask you who your speaking coach was? And he said, well, still is. And it's uh, Jane Atkinson. And so I called Jane about two weeks later and was probably hired her as my speaking coach about two or three weeks after that. So about a month after that, in September or October of that same year, uh, I began what I thought was my speaking career, um, which turned out to be my book writing career because she said I not only needed to speak, but I needed to write a book, uh, hired another coach to do that, and then started promoting my book through the use of this new media space in this thing called a podcast, which I had never heard of before. And so uh, that was the beginning of my podcasting career, which evolved into not only a, a speaking business, training business, online training, and all sp- sorts of other stuff, but it evolved into a podcast production company because we've literally been in this space. It seems like we're the grandpas in this business just four years in, 900 episodes and 3 million down- downloads later. We're exactly where uh, we had no clue that we were going to be here, but we have seemed to have stumbled onto some set- success in the system that that is uh, that seems to be almost foolproof, unless you want to prove me wrong. If you're a fool and you would like to prove me wrong, you're welcome to. Mm. Well, there is a lot of there are a lot of podcasts that come out and a lot of them that don't get traction. But congratulations, first of all, like you're nearing a thousand. So I'll be the first to kind of speak that into your life. Yeah, man, I'm getting there. We and joke around that. From, yeah, I think when I was listening to your podcast with Jane, you move from like weekly or to daily. So you do five podcasts a day. So that's crazy. Well, we're in the five, uh, five, 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 five yeah, podcasts okay. a week. Pardon me. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, five a week. Let's because, do it a day. Let's do it. Let's rank it up. Well, you know, it, I probably, with the amount of requests that we get to be on the show, I bet I could do five a day. But the, the issue would be that we're, we would saturate our audience too much. They would, they would get tired of trying to keep up and they would leave us. We found that the the right mix is five episodes for us every week, and that is a good mixture of doing something for our audience who loves, uh, you know, there's a certain segment of our audience that will listen every episode every day, and they'll send us questions, and they'll call us, and which is great. And there's a certain reason, a certain portion of it, which selfishly we're motivated to do five episodes because we have a very specific business model where we make money from our show and the more episodes that we do, the greater opportunity we have to actually create an income, which is something we've been able to do uh, you know, quite easily and quite nicely since we figured out the formula just a few years ago. 
Mm, and, you know, I listened to your podcast with Jane. This is a sidebar conversations for listeners. And you can go back to Jane's um, Atkinson's podcast because it was really focused around speakers and or IP people to be able to develop their podcast or you can do anything. I mean, do, you do a podcast on any topic. But Absolutely. I want to digress for a second, Doug, and then we're going to come into your expertise here. You wrote the book, Nice Guys Finished First. Mm-hmm. So what's in it? Well, it's, it's a, it loosely weaves my story, the lessons that I've learned, and the people that were influential in my life to the audience, the reader, who is probably in the same position that I was in, which is trying to figure out how to make money doing what they love doing the most. And whatever it is, it will apply to whether you're a business consultant, a speaker, regardless of what you are doing the communication lessons that you learn in the book, the lessons that I've learned through the years, the 30, 30 years, three decades of, of building my business, uh, I transfer those from my head to the pages of that, uh, of that book. Uh, the, uh, the subtitle of the book, which is um, Nice Guys Finish First, is the title. The subtitle is Better Relationships, Better Business. And the reality of life is that no matter what you do, whether you're a, uh, a carpenter a real estate professional or trash collector, the better you are at communicating with people, the better you are at building relationships, the better you will build a big business. So it can apply to pretty much anybody that has the desire to grow your, a business of any kind. Well, one of our expertise, Doug, is we do personality assessments. We help people with emotional intelligence. So I've been harping for about a year on our show, this show, about the importance of you know, even Brendan Bouchard talked about in his book on influence mm-hmm. is having this capability to build positive relationships. So in your book, what are some of the keys or the strategies that the listeners could implement instantly or over a short period of time sure. to improve their relationships with others? That's a, that, and that's a great question. That really boils down to, again, part of my keynote. I discussed this because everybody likes to have action items, things that they can do immediately when walking out of that, out of that conference room or out of that, uh, um, you know, that hall to try to figure out how to build their business. And I broke it down into five actionable tips. And this is not the entire book, but just a section in the book. It discusses this thing called the nice guy 30. And it's five tools, five tips, five tactics that you can use over a 30 day period to, to start some new habits. This is not going to be rocket science, but at the same time, until you start to do these consistently, um, you, you need to focus just on this before you get to what's 201 and what's 301 in the formula. Mm-hmm. So the five things really quickly are, listen to this, return your phone calls, uh, return your emails, be on time every time, stop over promising and under delivering, which means actually doing what you say you're going to do. You should be doing that and reach out a couple of times a day to those that are in your network to just say hello without any specific agenda. So those five things, if you just do those on a consistent basis over the course of 30 days, you're instituting, installing and creating these new habits that will last you a lifetime. No matter what you do, if you do those five things, return your calls, return your emails, be on time every time, stop over-promising and under-delivering, and build relationships with the people that are important with you in your life, if you do those five things, you will build a big business no matter what you do. Now, awesome, Doug, and we're, we're going to dive into a little bit. Any reason why there are so many, and I, I don't even want to use the word, but I'll use the word because people understand it, so many flaky individuals out there where you reach out 
you want to do business with them and then they don't get back to you. Like, where does this come from? <laughs> well, it's, that's again, one of the things I do as I share this with audiences all over the country is I ask them, I said, raise your hand if you have ever been the, the non-recipient of a return phone call, meaning you've called somebody and they haven't returned your phone call. Well, they raise your hand. Everybody raises their hand because everybody has had people that have not called them back. I said, how does that make you feel? Unimportant, non-priority, um, uh, like I'm not being heard, uh, like, you know, like somebody forgot about me. I mean, I've been abandoned. So those are the things that I that we, I get them to answer that. Then I ask the follow-up question. Keep your hand up if you have ever not returned somebody's phone call. And ultimately, everybody's hand stays up also. I said, hold on a second. I, you just told me that you feel abandoned, not worthy, uh, unimportant, not a priority in people's lives when they don't return your phone call, and yet you're doing that to them. How, why, why is that okay? So, yes, I would agree that most people don't do the things that they need to do. I got a, a, negative a negative review on my book that said, simple stuff, can read it in any business book. It, pardon my expression, but if you're not doing it, then you're a dumb shit. <laughs> if you're not doing that stuff mm. right now, if you're not doing it to build your business, then you're not doing the things that are essential, essential soft skills to build your business, regardless of what your business is. So I don't know why, Ken, people are flaky. I have no idea why people don't return phone calls. I have no idea why people are show the disrespect and, and aren't, you know, when somebody shows up 20 minutes or 15 minutes late for an appointment, how does that tell, what does that read? Mm. What message are they sending to you? When somebody tells you they're going to do something and don't return, you know, and don't uh, follow through with their promise, I'm going to get you that proposal by five. And at five o'clock when that proposal is not on their desk, I challenge you. When somebody says, when you say to somebody, I'll get you that in an hour, I challenge you to do it in five minutes because mm. ultimately over delivering is what will build your business. Consistency and all of those things is the key to success no matter what business you're building. Absolutely. Now, I'm not sure if you heard of one of my mentors, Alan Weiss, who's in New Jersey. Sure. Yeah, sure. And so, Alan, I got to know Alan through the National Speakers Association, and I actually hired him as a mentor in the early 90s. Yeah. But his comment was, okay, return phone calls within 90 minutes, all emails within 24 hours. And if I'm away on a plane ride to Australia, then I will have a notification that right. it might be 48. So right. there's absolutely, with the access that we have today, I mean, uh, I grew up without a cell phone when I first started. Yep, I, yep. I mean, was, the cell phone was actually started, at, for those of you that are older, you don't realize, cell phones started in the car. They, there wasn't mobile ones, and then they had the Motorola brick, you know, yeah. that was bigger than most <laughs> I had cases. I, I, I had that. <laughs> I had my first Nokia, right, or Motorola flip phone, you know, before it was a smartphone. So there's no excuse or no reason to kind of get back. This other one around being on time, and personal story, we have, my son's now a realtor, so it's kind of interesting that you had a real estate background. And uh, we had a, an individual when we were first buying properties, and we did 11 deals with him. And so in that time, we probably had 50 or 60 or 70 appointments. I don't remember over the period of time. He was never, ever once late for an appointment. Right. Like not even 60 seconds. Right. And right. so it's just that, you know, for everybody listening, what you're talking about is if you show up, if you're late, what does that say about everything else? Right. Right, it, yeah. it speaks to your character, doesn't it? Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Everything that you do is a reflection on how you're going to be building your business and how you're going to be building your relationship with someone. So if you, I'm not saying that you're lying when you overpromise and underdeliver. I'm not saying that you're lying when that happens, but you're setting the expectation that what you say is not actually true. And I have a, 
I have a partner, I'm not going to mention his name because I have several partners, but this one in particular was consistently late for every appointment, every single appointment we would have mm. until, until what happened one day he was late. I said, Hey blank, if you, if you are going to be, if you're going to be late, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not coming to the appointment because you're not showing me the, and he, from that day on, he's afraid to be late to me. He says, I said, because I've never been late for you ever at an appointment. And so mm-hmm. if you are consistent, you know, somebody says to um, a, uh, a client of mine or a friend of mine or something, hey, Doug didn't return my phone call. They're like, no, that's not our Doug. Well, Doug was late for the appointment. Uh, no, no, no. I am so beyond reproach that if something does happen, like don't tell me that as you're driving to my appointment and you know that your appointment is at two o'clock and it's already five of two and you're 30 minutes away still or 20 minutes away still, if you don't call me, you know you're going to be late. You knew it 20 minutes ago you were going to be late. It would be so helpful just to pick up the phone and say, hey, I apologize. It doesn't mean that things don't happen in life. It just means that mm-hmm. if you're going to be late, just pick up the phone and say, hey, I really apologize. I'm stuck in traffic. I'm 20 minutes away. I know it. our appointment's in 15 minutes. I will be five minutes late. And if you do stuff like that, people, they get it, and they give you a lot more latitude than if you just show up five or 10 or 20 minutes. Even five minutes makes a difference. Mm, it does. And interesting enough, that's part of our what we do as well. If we're going to be late, either I or the staff will phone that person right, to listen. Right, right. Uh, traffic. You're, you're in LA, so traffic could be crazy. We're here in Vancouver. Uh, we have way less roads, but seems like more cars. So anyways, I, I, I <laughs> yeah. get that. Yeah. Or something else that comes into play as part of that process. So yeah, being on time. Now, you also talked about this overpromise under deliver. Uh, do you think that sometimes people overpromise because they're in this fear and they this authenticity? We're talking about you know you get the date if you didn't want it, um, or you not you're okay not to get it. it. Where do you think some of this overpromise, like pushing the edge, comes from? I think it truly comes from the fact that as people, as human beings. We are people pleasers. We want to please the person on the receiving side of whatever statement that we make. So we think that by us saying, awesome, I will have that to you in in 20 minutes, we're thinking, even if we don't know realistically, again, I have another partner who consistently says, I got it. Don't worry about it. I got you covered. I got your back. And ultimately, he doesn't have my back. He means well. He really wants to have my back, but he doesn't follow through. So what happens with that is then you get like gun shy. Then you're like, oh, geez, this guy said to me he's going to do this. And last yeah. time he didn't do it. So now I'm not really sure. Do everything you say you're going to do because that really is what people are looking for, results, action. They're not looking for just the words. So um, I think we do it generally because people in general are, are people pleasers and they want other people to be happy with them. They just forget there is actually an action that's attached to that promise as well. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So those of you that are listening, I mean, these are really simple, simple things, as your reviewer said. But the reality is, my experience as a business owner is that most don't do it. Yeah, yeah, most don't do it, unfortunately. So so if you actually want to be on the upper end in the top percentile, then just do these basic elements of showing up and make sure you return the phone call and the email and be on time. And then you're talking about uh, reaching out. Explain that. Sure. Part of a, a, you know, even if I'm an employee, I could do this to, you know, if, 
expand my influence and my network. So how could it apply to both you know, business owners and also individuals who are employed by others. Yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great question. One of the things that I do as an exercise, uh, with many of the audiences that I work with is I talk about this reaching out thing and, uh, reaching out a couple of times a day, uh, through with technology is so much easier now. And I have everybody literally take out their smartphones as they're sitting in front of me. And I say, go to your texting app, and everybody goes to their texting app. And I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play this game. I wrote this. Um, I wrote this post uh, for. I wrote this blog for the Huffington Post, probably about probably about six or maybe six years ago, and it was called 24 Seconds That Will Change Your Life." And it was one of the most um, downloaded um, uh, posts that I have ever written, probably partly because it was in Huffington Post. But the way that it is explained. So go to your texting app. People go to their texting app. I said, find a contact that you haven't spoken to in the last 30 days. And everybody, you know, how many contacts do you have in your phone? Probably hundreds, mm -hmm. if not thousands. And say, okay, just pick anybody. I don't care if it's a personal connection, a professional connection, whatever. Just go to them and just, just go to their name, text the following words. Hope you're having a great day, thinking about you. And in my case, I'm an XOXO guy. I just put XOXO on and hit send. Don't mention business. Don't talk about business. Don't anything. Even if it's a professional connection, just say, hey, thinking about you, hope you're having a great day, XOXO, or hope you're having a great day. Would love to, would love to you know, connect with you at some point. Whatever. Just something that just shows mm -hmm. them that you're thinking about them. Hit send. Do it again because the average text message takes 12 seconds to send out. Two text messages take 24 seconds. And I said, that is what is actually going to build your entire network and build your business for the next you know, for the next 12 months. I do that every day. I probably have done that every day for the last 20 years now. And now I get text messages daily from people that say, hope you're having a great day, XOXO, right from them, because I have set a process, a pattern, a system in place where people mm. are expecting to potentially hear from me. Wow. Yeah, so people are starting to model that. And it's pretty cool when somebody sends you that, that you're thinking about you. I mean, when I get those texts from my friends that haven't been around for a while, it says, I really, really appreciate it. If it doesn't go to any kind of business, it doesn't matter. It was yep. Yep. a relationship that's built. And if something comes up and they could maybe fulfill a need that one of my contacts would need, of course, now I'm thinking about them. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it, top of mind awareness is really the key to any successful business. You know, all of those soft skills, I mean, those are all great things to have, but just being on the, uh, on top of mind for someone, that's, that's key. I mean, that's really important. Mm, absolutely. Now, what else is in your book that you beyond the five that you could share with the listeners today that they could apply to their life or business? I mean, most of the book is the valuable lessons that I have learned along the way. I mean, a valuable lesson, like not everybody that has a checkbook should be a client. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's so great. It's like, well, they had money, they could pay for it. So they're going to be a client. I'm like, well, how about if they don't fit the perfect mold for your client? You're going to spend 80% of your time on the 20% of your clients that are pain in the ass. You know, for me, that was a lesson that I learned so many times through the years, just because somebody has green in their pocket and wants to pay you doesn't necessarily mean that they're a valuable and a good client for you. So mm. those are the kind of things that I would say um, are important life lessons to learn so that as you are building your business, you're not just looking for anybody. Understanding what your message is, 
understanding what the exact products and services that you offer, understanding who your market is. I mean, those are the things that we really take a deeper dive uh, you know, with in the, uh, in the book. And I've been so fortunate over the last so many years. And I would say, while the book is great, uh, you know, I enjoyed writing the book. The book came at a static port part of time. I would say if anybody wants to tune into our podcast, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are the are our interview days. I mean, we've interviewed guys like you said it earlier, Gary Vaynerchuk. We've recently interviewed uh, John Maxwell, a leadership expert. Um, I've had uh, many, many. Ariana Huffington has been on the show. Dan Harris from Good Morning America. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Ron Klain, the chief of staff for, for Vice President Biden. I mean, so many amazing guests have been on the show through the years that uh, that show is dynamic, not static like a book that just came mm-hmm. in a snapshot of, snapshot of time. And that's uh, turnkeypodcast.com? Uh, you can just find it at niceguysonbusiness.com. The show is called The Nice Guys on Business. You're welcome to get there through any number of different sources, but even if you just Google Nice Guys on Business or go to iTunes and look for it, it's there as well. Yeah, well, you're in one of the top 100 uh, lists, so you'll be able to find that easy enough. And then by, at the end of the show, you're going to have a free gift for people, so stay tuned as we have as part cool. of that, yep. um, which is you know the gift that you have listed here for us. So I appreciate awesome. that. My pleasure. You know, so part of your expertise, and I just want to go here for <clears throat> a bit, Doug, is you are really in this podcast space, and I think it's intuitive and sort of obvious to a certain extent about why it's being so, so, so successful. Why is podcast just rocking it out there for those of us, you know, I consume about one to two hours of podcast every day. Yeah. Not only, you know, producing this one every week. So why are, what's, what's your experience around how is podcast just changing our lives and why is it so successful? Well, if you look at um, the, uh, the demand pull of anything nowadays, you know, Netflix is, is huge. I mean, Netflix is huge because people can watch a movie when they want rather than when the, uh, when the network says that it's going to be on. So right. this whole demand pull of the audience, of, of, of the consumer, has completely changed the face of, uh, of, um, of consuming, educating, uh, getting marketing. It, it has really changed the face of everything. Now, imagine being able to, depending on what your business is, imagine being able to, to target and segment your exact audience and, and have you know, the average consumer, probably if they're listening to commercials, they may sit still for about 20 seconds of a commercial, and yet a podcast, which has an average l- length of, let's say, 25 minutes, 30 minutes in some particular cases, or even longer, um, I think you have a slightly longer format show. Imagine somebody be able to tune in to the entire message. So you've got them for 60 minutes at a time. And without building a commercial, because that's not what we're looking to do, we're building a relationship through through this new media space called podcasting. So for us, the podcasting space has been a, a huge, huge asset in helping us, uh, helping us build our business because people can consume the information how they want, when they want, when they're exercising, when they're shopping, when they're driving in their car, any number of different sources. And we're just at the really, really the, 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 um, the beginning stages of this growth boom. You know, until uh, podcasts are automatically placed into automobiles. And, 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 you know, we have our, everybody's got a smartphone nowadays. And when our, things like um, CarPlay, Apple Play, whatever it is that you got on your smartphone is going to be actually put into cars and that's every car is now being made with that this new technology podcasting is just it's just such a great way to get your message out and you have the attention of your market for you know and again sometimes 20 30 minutes at a time mm, mm. and well thank you for that and then when we think about it it's just the convenience i mean 
Uh, I was just actually watching a little video clip from Gary, Mr. Gary V. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the phones just changed everything. And if we go back, you know, even 10 years ago, the smartphone yep. was, I think it was 2006 where it came out. So here we are, you know, it's just 10 plus years that the phone even came out. Yep. That it's with us. It's, you know, Star Trek is almost here. Where we <laughs> say, you know, computer, uh, do this. Well, we're already doing that with, Whatever home device that you have that you're talking to that's creating it, it's not quite AI yet. But boy, podcasts now, you can just go and say, Google, find, you know, Secrets of Success with Dr. Ken Keyes and boom, up it comes as part of the Google Play app. Isn't that amazing? It is. It is truly amazing. And with uh, autonomous cars, and we think about that, and it's going to be like, what cars are going to be driving? You know, so yeah, it's right. Cars are going to be driving by themselves. Now, it's not tomorrow that that is going to be widespread, but in the next few years, it's something that's going to happen. I mean, uh, Dick Tracy used to have this, uh, you know, this this watch that he used to be able to talk into and look at. I mean, Dick Tracy from, what, the 50s or 60s? And and the reality of it is, that's what we have now when we have our Apple Watch. We can make phone calls. We can look up, get information. Cars are going to be driving themselves in the next 10 years, okay? So we may as well look at it and say, let's hop on the bandwagon right now while it's still in its infancy. I have so many people that say, well, I should have gotten into podcasting. It's too late. Well, I got into it four years ago, and we create a mid-six-figure income from our from our podcast production business, and it's not too late. We have plenty of clients that are starting right now and making big-time money right now, even if you have not even thought about starting a podcast. So for us, mm. it is truly a way that you can make a, uh, a great living. Mm. So when you think about, and you know, for those of you that are interested in actually starting your own podcast, then Doug's the guy to go to. And go to turnkeypodcast.com and you can find out more about Doug's offer. Or if you want to listen to his podcast, of course, niceguysonbusiness.com. But we just have about oh five minutes left, Doug. Sure. So with that, what are some additional sort of insights, recommendation, success strategies that you want to share with the audience to say, you know, these have been really important principles, behaviors, characteristics for us really as especially your success in the last five years? Well, it all comes down to one word, and the word is consistency. The more consistent you are with the things that you are doing, even if it's something done incorrectly but, incon- but consistently incorrectly will still, will still get you business. You know, it's like uh, you know, sending out emails. Uh, if you send out one email thinking that it's going to be the difference between winning business and not winning business from a marketing perspective, think about how great it would be if you actually had a consistent message going out, whether it's through email or whether it was a blog or maybe even a podcast. However, you're, you're tuning into the new media space. And if you think the new media space is going away, again, I think you're, you're nuts. Mm-hmm. The, the Internet is here to stay. The Internet is not a fad. Uh, and if, if you want to get your message out, doing something within the new media space is the way, is the way to go. But you've got to do it consistently. We have plenty of clients that come to us. They produce their first eight episodes. In episode nine, we're struggling looking for them. When are you going to put out your next, you know, your next interview? We are on episode roughly nine. I don't know when this is airing, but we're roughly putting out our 900th episode. We'll be at a thousand this year. Uh, we have no signs of stopping. There's no reason to stop. But the thing that's key for us is that we've consistently put out a message five days a week for the last several years. When you do stuff like that, people, you know, 90% of the success is just showing up. 
If you mm. just show up and you show up consistently, uh, people will beat a path to want to find out and will hear about what your expertise is. Um, mm. And that's one other quick thing. Just you know, find out what that is that you're good at. My um, my partner and my staff uh, over at Turnkey, um, they knew that I was struggling with things like spreadsheets and um, and systems building. And we determined in 2019, so just recently, we determined that we're going to stay within our zone of genius. And so I would encourage everybody to stay within your zone of genius. Mine is selling and relationship building. So they don't let me do spreadsheets. They don't let me do audio editing and, and social media. That's not my thing. I, we, we find people to do that. Yes, I know how to do it because I had to do it in the beginning because there was nobody to, no money to pay anybody. But once you get to the point where you're running and running hard at what you're looking to, to, you know, to accomplish, keep in mind that the quickest you offload that stuff that you're not within that zone of genius with, uh, the better and the faster your company will, uh, will grow. Thank you. Couldn't agree more. I mean, the message from CRG is that to live, lead, and work on purpose, and yeah. that your purpose is really playing to your gifts and your talents and your abilities and making yeah. sure you hire the rest. Completely so, agree. So that resonates for sure. Now, sometimes as an entrepreneur, there's some things that you have to do when you first start out. Yep. But as you said, can I offload that? Quickly. Now, Quickly, exactly. So before we get into your final comments, you have a gift for people. Where can they go to get it? Uh, the best place to go to get this gift, which is the five ways to make money podcasting, is at turnkeypodcast.com forward slash gift. Uh, it is a, uh, I think it's a six or seven page um, a little ebook, five ways to make money podcasting, some of the tricks and trades uh, of that we've, uh, in tactics that we've gone through in order to build our our podcast. And um, uh, yeah, I would say that that's, that's the first place to start using uh, podcasting as a new media tool to build your business. Okay. Awesome. And then remind people about your uh, show and your book. Sure. The book is called nice guys finish first. That's just available on Amazon. You're welcome to go there or you can go to my website, which is dougsandler.com, but it's probably just easier to go to Amazon and just type in nice guys finish first. The podcast is called the nice guys on business podcast. We're again on episode 900 or so by the time that this airs and uh, yeah, listen into uh, some key entrepreneurs who have been successful building their business and have had some, some fits and starts along the way. And uh, again, five episodes a week of that show. So feel free to, to tune well, in anywhere that you want to. Doing one a week. Uh, I know how much effort and work and obviously you have an amazing team to be able to pull that off. So with that, and first of all, Doug, thanks for being on the show. We sure appreciate that. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Ken. Best of luck to you. Yes. Uh, but before we go, um, and thank you, what would be your last tidbit of wisdom that you want to share you know, sort of as a lasting piece for the audience today? What would that be? Sure. I, I would tell people that are, that are in your listening audience, don't be afraid to fail. My dad always used to tell me, you know, fail as fast as you can and just keep rolling. Uh, don't worry about the decisions and keep second guessing the decisions that you make, whether you're building your business or personal decisions, make the decision, stick with the decision and just keep rolling. Uh, and the, and the other thing is that, which has been key for me is that your first instinct is usually your best instinct. So whatever it is that you think that you should be doing, move in that direction. Don't hesitate. Don't be afraid to fail. Those are just three little tidbits of information that have really served me well throughout my entire career. Mm. Well, thank you, Doug. Uh, for being on the show again. And SOS listeners, Doug Sandler, 
And, you know, when we think about what Doug has cover, uh, covered today, a lot of that is common sense. But are you doing the common sense things to stand out? I mean, are you returning your calls, your email? Are you being on time? Just the simple things that will make you stand out. You know, go to uh, Doug's site and find out more. And if you're interested in doing your own podcast, then find out what Doug has to offer. Now, as we always do at the end, thank you very much for spending your most valuable commodity with us, and that's your time. If you like what we're doing, you know, forward, share, leave a positive comment or review in whatever platform that you're listening on. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Success. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.